tonight and uh, uh, and listen because it's 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 very it's very important for those of us living in this time uh, and something that God has given me. This is not the message that I was going to preach this morning. Uh, I uh, this is not it. This is something else that God has put on my heart, and uh, it's going to be very important to for us right now in this hour that we're living in. So I'm going to have him go ahead. And let's uh, put on the video and see and listen to it. Fine. 
Let's lift our hands and just worship God for a moment, will you? Hallelujah. God, we love you. We praise you. We glorify you. Thank you, God, for your mercies. Thank you for your grace. I'm asking, God, that you pour delivering power upon your people. Stay in power, God. In Jesus' name, we glorify you. We worship you. Amen and amen. The writer of that song, part of it said, no matter what I may lose, I choose the refiner's fire. We need, every one of us, right now, to start preparing ourselves and conditioning ourselves what's for coming ahead. Do you know what? Or who that is on that anvil that was being beat out after it was made white hot through the fire? That was you. That was me on that anvil. Being forged, having the impurities taken out, refined. We should not fear the refining of the Lord. There's a few things that's, that's for sure and definite. There are foundational truths that we can't get away from. Number one is the, uh, is, uh, the foundation of salvation, Acts 2.38. Anybody, anybody who wants to go to heaven has got to have that applied to their life. Anybody. Don't matter if they're rich, they're poor, they're black, they're white, they're Hispanic or English or any other language. It's going to take that. But it's also going to take a purifying in the body of Christ in this last hour before the catching away. Here's a fact. Christ is coming back after a bride that is chaste, that is pure, without spot or wrinkle, any blemish. Guess what? Everybody in here tonight, we've still got some blemishes on us spiritually, and we're not going to take them with us in the rapture. We're going to be purified, and we're going to keep on the anvil until they all get worked out. So we, we, better, we better not despise suffering. We better not despise the refiner's fire. 
Because God loves his child enough to chasten his child and put them on the refiner's fire because we're not willing, our flesh is not willing to crawl up on that animal by ourselves. Come on, somebody. Do you know, I don't know how many of you studied and it's been, it's been a long time since I taught uh, typology in the scriptures. But if you remember about studying about, uh, about the tabernacle of Moses, and just bear with me tonight because the Spirit of God is moving with me in this right now, and I'm laying a foundation. If you remember about that big altar that God told Moses to build, that was the first piece of furniture that you got came into when you went into the tabernacle. It was the altar. And there, that altar had four horns attached to it on all four corners. Do you know why the horns, God told Moses to put horns on the altar? It's just simply this. Without the horns, the horns of the altar is what the priest tied the sacrifice to. Without being tied to the altar, that sacrifice would jump up and run off. Are you hearing me? And we are just enough fleshly and just enough carnal in our, in our still in our old nature that we are not willing to get up willingly and lay down on that sacrificial altar. Come on. And lay there and let God do what needs to be done. Come on. Hallelujah. But church, there's a time. A lot, a lot of us are... A lot of people are talking about, man, it ain't it glorious to be living in the time of the coming of the Lord. Yes, it is. But let me tell you something. There's going to be a time of purification of the body of Christ that the church has got to go through. And I'm going to try to speak a little bit about that tonight by the hand of God. I'm going to first take you to the book of Exodus, the first chapter. And we're going to read Exodus chapter 1, verses 8 through 14. I would like Brother Douglas to go get one of my bottles of water, if you don't mind, sir, because I'm going to be needing one. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 1, beginning at verse 8, and we're going to read down through verse 14. How many, how many wants to hear something from the, from the Lord tonight want to get something? God, God moved upon me. This this broke. There was a brokenness that come on over me Saturday at that man's con. Yesterday at that man's conference, when I went out of there, I went weeping like a baby. I, man, I was I, I, I was I, I was being poured out like water. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be a lot of changes made in every one of us in the days and the months ahead. This is what this reads like. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said to his people, 
Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. I want you to hold on to that word because we're going to be dealing with that. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and brick and all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve with rigor. Let's pray. Lord, as we come tonight, I thank you and I praise you for this great day you have blessed us with. We thank you, God, for your grace, your mercy, your love. Thank you, God, for the powerful outpouring that took place this morning. But now, Lord, I feel that you want to speak to us, God, about some things that's needful for this day and this hour that is quickly coming upon this world. Strengthen your body. Put a resolve in everyone's heart and spirit that we will be willing, Lord, to put, make that line in the sand and say, I will not cross. You, I will stay right here. Strengthen us right now. Speak to us through your word. In Jesus' holy, mighty name, let the church say, God bless you, and you may be seated. Hallelujah. This story is not new to anybody who's read the Bible and studied. We know, we know about the situation of the Jewish people uh, while they was down in Egypt. They were blessed for many years. And God, uh, God used them. They used Joseph. But when that Pharaoh that knew Joseph died and a new king rose up, a new Pharaoh, he didn't know Joseph and who he was and about Joseph's dreams and how that Joseph saved the land of, uh, land of Egypt by, uh, by telling Pharaoh what to do when the famine was coming, how to lay up in store for seven years because he told the previous Pharaoh there's going to be seven years of plenty. It's going to be multiplied. He says, and you need to build grains, and you need granaries, and you need to fill them up. Because after the seven years of plenty, there's going to be seven years of famine, which is typical of the seven-year tribulation period in the last day. But this new Pharaoh didn't know about all of that. He didn't know Joseph. 
And he looked and he saw the children of, people, uh, uh, of Israel, the people of God living there in the land of Goshen, how they were um, a mighty people. And, and he noticed that those, those people were blessed and those people had an authority about them and they walked in authority and, and dominion. And oh, he, 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 he noticed everything about them. And so he devised a plan. He thought, he says, man, we got to do something about these people. Hallelujah. And so he told all of his folks what they was going to do. And he put taskmasters over them all. And he made them uh, to make brick and, and put mortar together and build those big cities that you, uh, a man, uh, that, you, that you see in history books there. And there's one word there in the 13th verse said, And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. That word was used not once, but twice. Used again in the 14th verse. Repeated, wherein they made them serve with rigor. I want to speak to you tonight for a few minutes on a subject titled, Coming to the Point of Breaking. Coming to the Point of Breaking. Hallelujah. The word rigor, the definition of it in the English language, in the English dictionary, uh, the word means harshness or cruel, cruelty. You could paraphrase it and say that the Egyptian made the children of Israel to serve with cruelty. They were cruel to them. They were harsh to them. We can only imagine what those people began to suffer. So they were, but they were cruel and they, they were harsh to them. And what transpired back then, some 4,000 years before the birth of Christ, the children of God in this day around the world is having a harshness put on them and a cruelty. No other religion is treated like Christianity is treated. There's toleration, the word it is used, for every religion except for Christianity. What we said would happen over this gay thing that the liberals and all the rest of them said, oh, nothing like that would happen, is already taking place. They now went from that to wanting to not to take all the signs down on public restrooms that no matter wh what somebody is, whatever they think there is, if they want to go in the women's bathroom, they can go in the women's bathroom or, or whatever. A man just the other day went, in, went into a dressing room of, of a major college uh, with, uh, with, with other young girls, uh, ladies and their college students, and he began to undress. They tried to get him out. He said, no, he says, I'm protected by the Constitution. I, I have this right. My Lord, I'm glad this daddy don't have no kids in school right now. 
Hallelujah. But our own Tennessee state legislators now is trying to enact some laws about this very thing for the state of Tennessee. And try, some of them are trying to do some things to try to combat it, to stop it. While others say, says, no, that's uh, 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 not right. We, we, we got to uh, make everybody equal. We have been fed and crammed a bunch of garbage today, folks. And it's coming, oh. Famous man passed away the other day, a famous man in the country field. And uh, although, although he was in, in, in the country field and, uh, and all that, but it's, it's amazing to me that some of the songs that he wrote and became hits, uh, I mean, it, man, it, it's just hitting with what's, what our country's going through uh, right now. You know, he said one part of one verse of one song says we need to quit rolling downhill like a snowball headed for hell. Because that's what we're doing. Amen. Everything's falling apart. Everything's going crazy. And there's cruelty and harshness against anybody who would dare stand up and speak against something like this. Because you're labeled intolerant. You're labeled a bigot. And folks, we ain't begin to see nothing yet. We haven't begun to see nothing. I gave you what the English language word says for rigor. But if you would look back in the Hebrew, the original word, that word rigor in the original Hebrew, and I've even, I, I've even got it, and I, I wish I could, got, I got it and got it printed up on the screen, but I've got it printed in the Hebrew letters right here on my, on my notes before me. The Hebrew word is perek. That's what the word is. And it comes from a, it comes from a Hebrew root, root word that means to break apart or to fracture. To break apart or to fracture. My, 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 my. You see, Pharaoh was jealous over the blessings of the Israelite people. Hallelujah. And if you notice the text, you can tell that the people of God were actually feared by Pharaoh. He said, they're, they're more them and they're mightier than what we are. And if we don't do something, they're liable to join up with some of our enemies to defeat us. Let me tell you something, folks. Whether or not you realize or not, the devil fears you. That's why I don't know so many, why so many Holy Ghost people running around trying to hide from the devil and trying to wilt down and not stand up and stand your ground in the face of the enemy because you need to realize, hey, why are you scared of the devil? Because he fears you with a passion. You might not know who you are in Christ, but the devil does. Glory. The devil fears the church. And he's also jealous of the church. Because when we come in here and worship and praise God, amen, like we're doing this morning, we're invading his territory, number one. Anytime you begin to lift your praises to the Lord, it goes in the atmosphere. And that's where the prince of the power of the air right now is. He was cast out of heaven, amen, where God is. But he, his dominion right there, right now, amen, he's the prince. And
and the power of the air. And when we lift praises up to God, we invade his territory because it goes through his territory to get to God in heaven. Hallelujah. And he's jealous because we are doing what he used to do. Lucifer was an archangel. There were three archangels in the beginning. Gabriel was one archangel. An archangel is one that's a commander over a whole uh, group of angels. Gabriel was the archangel over the messenger angels, the angels that God used to dispatch messages. He's the one who gave the message, amen, to Elizabeth and to Mary. Came and spoke to Joseph and said, don't, don't fear to take Mary to be your wife. He was the archangel. And then the other archangel was Michael. <laughs> He's the warrior angel. He's over the angels that do battle for us. Glory to God. That's constantly fighting the warfare in the spiritual world that we can't see with our natural eyes. Hallelujah. That spiritual realm just above us. Hallelujah. Michael and the archangels, amen, doing battle. Amen for the people of God. Hallelujah. But there was another band of angels. That was the worshiper angels. The ones who gave praises to God and Lucifer. Hallelujah. The son of the morning. Hallelujah. At one time led those angels. He led the praises and the worship. So just like Pharaoh was jealous, amen, of what the children of Israel was doing, Lucifer is jealous of you every time you run a aisle or every time you jump or every time he can't stand it, brother. It makes him cringe. Oh, hallelujah. So he's on a mission to break you and to fracture your connection with God. I hope you caught that. The Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor to break them down, to fracture their connection to Jehovah Jireh because he couldn't stand the power and the authority that they had. I'm here to tell you, every one of you, children of God, Holy Ghost filled, blood-bought, spirit-filled, there's a target on your back. There's a target on your back. And if the devil can take you out, he will take you out. Pharaoh was jealous over the blessings of the Israelites. And he actually feared them. So he lashed out at them with all his might to try to break them apart and to fracture their connection from the source of their strength. Oh, 
But God sent a deliverer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said God sent a deliverer just at the point of their, the place of their breaking point to save a nation. But not only to save a nation, but to revenge his people. That's why God says, listen, don't, I, I don't want you running around tacking revenge on nobody. I don't care what nobody does to you. Don't you go around trying to revenge. God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay glory to God hallelujah you can't do to your enemies what God's going to do one day if you're his child and you stay true to him and if you quit trying to run around and trying to get them back and get to business what God wants you to do while you're here until God pays them back until God takes revenge on them the Bible said if a man's ways please the Lord he'll even make his enemies to be at peace Hallelujah. He'll even make his enemies be at peace with him. Glory to God. Now, I told you all of that to lay the foundation. Sometimes we record stuff. We got that DVR at the house. And I actually like watching programs on the DVR than I do the uh, the real live thing, because when them silly, stupid uh, commercials comes on, fast forward, hallelujah, fast forward, glory to God, <laughs> hallelujah. So let's fast forward now from the time of Pharaoh. Let's fast forward to the end times, which you and now are. I are now living. The people of God, which is the church, are in a similar situation as the Israelites of old. And once again, God's people are being pressed. They're being tested, and they're, being, they're taken to the point of breaking because the church is actually feared by the devil. Hallelujah. So he uses leaders... Follow me now. Satan uses leaders, world leaders, kings, presidents, and all the like to work his evil plans to conquer and defeat the body of Christ because not only does he fear us, but he is jealous over our relationship with Christ. Can somebody say amen? He uses these leaders. I'm sorry, I apologize if I offend anybody, but I'm going to there hadn't been no pre, a president in recent time like the devil's used to oppress the people of God and the church than the current president of these United States. And we're going to, we're going to read some more in the scriptures about him in just a few minutes. But I want to get to something. There's two points that I want to get to tonight. I'm not going to hold you here all night. But man, this thing is burning in my spirit on the inside. Hallelujah. I want to talk about that refiner's fire for a moment. The refiner's fire. Some of us will want to question, well, why would God allow all this to happen, everything I just got through saying? Why was God allow this 
suffering, and all these things to his people. He does it because he loves us, folks, and he wants us to be with him when things wound up. We have got to go through the refiner's fire. Every generation from Pentecost has had a period of suffering and affliction that they've had to go through with for a period, not forever, but for a season, for a time. God told them in the book of Revelation, you shall have, you shall have tribulation ten days. Ten days represents persecution and troubles and trials but it's only a 10 day period indicating it's not going to be come to wipe you out it's not going to come amen to completely annihilate you but it's going to happen because my people needs to be refined I don't care what it is. I don't care how good the preaching is, how anointed the preaching. Every one of us has done hard enough preaching, amen, to save us and the world 5,000 times. But we hear and we listen and we receive. But we do not apply it fully to our lives. So that means we... Every time God comes and uses somebody to deliver the word, and we get placed upon that altar of sacrifice, when nobody's looking, we look around and we hop off and go running. To the point in the time that God says, okay, it's time to tie you to the horns of the altar. Preacher for some preacher for a long time has been doing a disjustice to the church saying, we ain't got nothing to worry about. We don't have no trouble to go through. We don't have no uh, problems to go through. God's just going to catch us up and wrap us out of here while everybody else is going. Folks, right now, it's, it's already happening. We're already in the middle of it. And it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse before it gets better. But as they say, it's always the darkest just before what? <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. I'm talking about the refiner's fire. I'm going to tell you why and how God uses suffering. God has always allowed suffering in his people, but it was for a purpose. What's it say here? But may the God of all grace. Remember that, first of all. He's the God of all grace. And what did God tell Paul about his grace when Paul asked God, asked God three times to remove that thorn of the flesh that was troubling him? No matter what we got to go through, folks, as Brother Darrell told us this morning in the Bible class, the only way that you can lose is to quit. If you just keep in there, it don't matter how many times you fall. It's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you're willing to get back up and brush the dust off and keep on going. You cannot lose. 
The devil cannot win over you. Hallelujah. Because he's a God of all grace, and his grace will be sufficient for any situation in your life. It will be sufficient. May the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, notice this now, the word after you have suffered. He's not putting it at a maybe. He's not, he's, he's not saying in case of. He's making a positive statement right here, folks. After you have suffered, he is letting you know that it's going to come. Before Paul was in the ministry, when God spoke to Ananias there in Damascus and said, uh, I'm sending Saul of you. You're going to take him and you're going to baptize him. He's blind now, but you're going to lay hands on him and those scales are going to fall off. What did, the, what did the prophets say? Oh, I've heard about this man. And he was coming to Damascus to arrest the Christians. God says, listen, he's my, he's my servant, and I'm going to show him. Get this now. God says, I'm going to show him how much he's going to suffer for my name. So Paul's suffering. Paul's thorn in the flesh. All those times he was shipwrecked and beat and left for dead, those things were made in stone before he was even converted. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, and we talked last Wednesday night, right at the close, Brother Darrell brought out some powerful stuff that re- that's, some, that's really good. All of this stuff is under God's design and God's control. Amen. He not only used Moses, but he used Pharaoh just as much as he used Moses. After you have suffered a while... Why, Lord, must we suffer? Why must we endure some things in this life? Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. There's four answers right there. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. You see, I'm not willing to stay up on the altar long enough myself for everything get, to get done with me. Do you know what the word altar means in the Hebrew? It means a slaughtering place. My flesh don't want to die. My flesh don't want to yield. Even after serving God all these years, everywhere God takes me, most of the time He, he has to take me kicking and dragging because my, my flesh don't want to go. I don't want to go. And God looks at you and says, boy, you better lay there. Oh, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going to tie you to the horns of that altar. Hallelujah. My mom used to pull out that old strap and start whooping me, and I'd start crying in big old tears. <laughs> Man, they'd lock her up for child abuse sure enough today because she'd look at me and she said, you better shut up that crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Amen. And there I... You ever tried not to cry so hard, man? <laughs> oh, Lord, I 
Couldn't I? She said, I told you, shut up. I'm crying, Mama, I'm crying. God says, stay on that altar. I love you too much until everything in your life, unlike me, is slaughtered, is killed. So we're going to suffer some to be perfected, to be established, to be strengthened and settled. Um, let's see, Darlene, you got, you got your Bible. You got that, you got that verse in uh, uh, the Amplified Version. That word perfect there, to perfect, I want, I, want to, I want to show you something, what that word perfect means in, uh, in the Hebrew. It, it, it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not perfect, but some of these other translations brings out another word. No. Okay, that's not giving me the word that uh, God's word translation, and I know the um, the um, uh, God's word translation. Somebody can look that up. It's got that. Okay. Oh. Restore. That word perfect means to restore. God wants to bring restoration. Do you remember in the book of Acts, the Bible says that we would uh, go through certain things and the power of God would fall and different things would happen? He said, until the time of restoration of all things. Remember that verse? Hallelujah. God is going to restore his people back to the place that we was, the place of fellowship and communion with God before the fall of Adam. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> oh, oh, I like that old song that they used to sing. Won't it be wonderful there, having no burdens to bear? Joyously singing with heart bells ringing. Won't it be wonderful there? My Lord, it's going to be worth it, folks. It's going to be worth every tear. It's going to be worth every struggle. It's going to be worth everything that we go through with. Oh, hallelujah. That's not despise. Amen. What we go, oh, hallelujah. Let's be like that young teenage girl at Columbine. After she looking around and saw a lot of her classmates dead with their bodies laying in the blood. Hallelujah. And they looked at her and said, are you a Christian? The same question that she asked some of those was already dead. And she says, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Oh, God, oh, God. Give me that ability. Let me humble myself. Let me be broken. Oh, hallelujah. Amen to get to that point. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. That's the reason, folks, that God will is forbidden some things. And he will permit his people in these United States, as we're already having to go through some stuff, we're going to have to go through some more stuff because God ain't through perfecting. He's not through restoring. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to, I want to put up Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. Hallelujah. There's something I want to show you here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Daniel 7 and 25. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. This is talking about the beast system, the Antichrist system that's going to control the governments of the world in this last day. And I done read to you already some, uh, some scriptures and talked about some stuff. But listen to this. He's going to speak pompous words against the Most High. Shall persecute the saints of the Most High. You, and shall intend to change times and law. Our current administration has tried and has changed more law than any other administration in our history. The Supreme Court. When they made that decision about gay rights, change, listen, they do not have the authority to make law. The Supreme Court's job by the Constitution is to interpret the law, not create another law. They don't have that authority, at least by the Constitution. But this man and the, and the whole system that's involved with him, then the saints shall be given to his hand for a time, times, and half a time. That time, one year, times two years and a half, three and a half years, the, time, the last half of the tribulation period. Notice the word shall persecute. The original king, I know you've heard this, this verse before, and you've heard this term, and we're talking about how this is close to what happened to the Jews under Pharaoh, making them, being cruel, harsh to them, breaking, breaking them and fracturing them, breaking them to, taking them to the point of being broken. You'll remember this verse in the original King James says that he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. If you look at your Bible in the original King James, Daniel 7, 25, that's the verse that says, He shall wear them out. Hallelujah. The devil is doing everything that he can to put pressure upon pressure upon you to break you down, to wear you out, to where your strength is almost totally gone. Hey, I, I've been there almost a few times. Hallelujah. I've been through some battles and I've been through some struggles that have literally wore me down. This is the thing that the enemy is going to bring upon the whole body of Christ in this last time. He's going to keep putting more burdens on us, more troubles, more trials, just to break us, bring us to the point 
hallelujah, breaking. But I'm going to tell you, as Jesus made the prophecy, he said, not a hair of your head shall perish. Glory to God. You hang in there, brother. You hang in there. Amen. Hold on to God, and he'll hold on to you. Because God will not allow this to happen to wipe you out. He's allowing it to happen to strengthen you, to establish you, to restore. Oh, glory to God. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. God is not allowing it to, amen, to rid me, but to give me strength. Amen. To show the devil who is king and Lord of all. Hallelujah. Some of you have already went through things in your life that it's literally spiritually wore you out. This is the same tactics. It's going to be done on the body of Christ. In this last day. It's just beginning for us in America. It's just beginning. But I want to tell you something. And I'm fixing to close. I, I, I would like. There's a lot more. I, 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 that's bubbling up with images. I could say about this. But I'm going to share one more thing. After we've talked about that refiner's fire. And God's going to allow us all some time on that anvil. He's going to allow us all some time on that altar. But no matter what you're going through, no matter what you get up against, this is something that you should never forget, church. Please, don't ever forget this. And that the second point and the last point I'm going to make is God knows your situation. God knows your situation. He knows where you're at right now. He knows what you're going through. You might feel like you're alone, but you're not alone if you're a child of the king. He knows. And I'm going to end with a verse that ought to make us all walk out of here with a head stretched high and an attitude that says it don't matter. What I go through tomorrow. What's that old, what old song? What's that old song used to be in old, in old songs? I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. Hallelujah. Many things about tomorrow I can't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Don't worry about tomorrow. Guess what? God's already been there. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's in, he's in eternity, past, present, and future. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. He's already there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Glory to God. God knows your situation. God knows what you're going through. And no matter what, that we endure as a people, as a church, in this life. God's going to strengthen us. Cause the, there, I told you, there's so many things coming through me. Right, there's no way I can do right there, Right there in Daniel also, it says, listen. Went on down further to say, he says, They who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. <laughs> oh, glory.
Glory to God. They shall be strong. And do it. Hey, God's going to have some people in this last hour. After, man, this old man of sin takes over. God's going to have some people, amen, that never, never did get up on the platform of the church, never did hardly do anything. But, man, they, they, they've, they, they have been purified by God. They've been restored by God. And they're going to walk around, and they're going to do exploits, son. Hallelujah. Amen. They're going to they're help defeat this system in this last day. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. <laughs> Bless God, I think about, I think about uh, uh, Sister Moore. My, ain't she a fast, feisty little lady? <laughs> I'd like to see her back when she's in her 20s. Hallelujah. Glory. And you, you remember, her, you know her testimonies and everything. Man, that, that, before she ever stepped in foot of this church, she passed out at least 5,000 of our business cards. Kept doing it to the manager up there, run around, says, I'm going to call the law next time you come in here. If she's, still, if she's still here, when all this fine stuff just blows up and it really hits, she's going to be one of those walking around with her head high doing exploits. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Job chapter 23 and verse 7, my last verse. God knows your situation. He knows where you're at. This refiner's fire, this anvil that is not, not too good to be on at the time. Job, the best man in all of the Bible, that can explain to us what suffering is all about. He said, he knoweth the way that I take. He knows where I'm at. He knows what path I'm on. He knows what road I'm on right now. He knows where I'm at. He knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Mm-hmm. Huh. I forget the old country boy that took a song, put it out, and made a hit out of the country field. But Joel Hemphill was the man who wrote it. it. It was gospel first. And I like it. I love it. Hallelujah. Every time God puts me on that altar, I can feel like that far running down my back and that anvil hitting me. Before I will give up and throw my hands and quit and walk out on God, I'll just have to sing that song. Well, I'm just an old lump of coal, but I'm going to be a diamond someday. I'm going to spit and polish this old rusty self. <laughs> Glory to God, I'm going to put a smile on everybody's face. I'm going to kneel and pray every day, lest I should become, oh, what is it, along the way. I'm just an old lump of coal now, Lord, but I'll become a diamond someday. Next time you 
look over and you see a lady with a big old shiny rock on her finger, remember several thousand years ago what that used to be. Used to be a piece of coal. The beautiful diamonds. The beautiful pearls. That so many people search for. That uh, oyster laying at the bottom of the ocean under all that pressure gets a piece of sand inside. And that sand and that pressure irritates and it begins to secrete a secretion to try to soothe that irritation and over time a beautiful valuable pearl is formed hallelujah hallelujah God's got plans for his church and those plans are not to be defeated by whoever's in the White House and whoever runs this last world system Hallelujah. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm excited, folks. I'm excited about what God is going to do. Let's stand up. Sister Debra, would you come to the keyboard, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <coughs>